right into the word of the Lord. Amen. We're going to uh, be talking, and uh, God had directed my attention uh, to the book of uh, Hebrews. And it was interesting, I guess minister on last week uh, spoke from the book of Hebrews. And um, this is a message that I'm going to be sharing with you today. Uh, I, I, any message that I preach, I, I, I try to be led and, and inspired by God. Uh, but the message that I'm going to talk to you today about is one that as I was asleep, amen, in my bed asleep, the Spirit of God spoke it to me. And uh, awakened me out of my sleep, and I heard uh, this verse of scripture. And uh, I haven't had that happen um, very, very many times. And so uh, I knew that um, that was something that God wanted me to look at, and something that God wanted me to speak about. And so we're going to be uh, speaking about on today the danger. Say that with me: the danger. Of neglect. The danger of neglect. And uh, as we uh, move forward, amen, uh, I want to ask the question, have you ever put something off for too long or neglected a task that uh, needed to be taken care of? And I'm sure all of us have done that. Uh, we, we put off doing today. Uh, we put off for tomorrow doing something that we really need to do today. Amen. And uh, neglect, amen, and if you have done that, and I think we all have, if you have done that, amen, uh, you know that neglect creates problems. And it leads to eventual, it can lead to eventual ruin. Amen. If you neglect to mow your yard, if you got a yard and you neglect to mow it, anybody been there? The grass gets too high and too hard to cut. If you neglect and you don't pay your bills, the debt collectors start calling. Utilities can be shut off. And you neglect the wrong bills, you can lose your home. Amen. If you don't care for or brush your teeth, you can get cavities. And not only just brush your teeth, amen, uh, I, I don't know, but, uh, and I'm not trying to tell off, but... Uh, when, when we were coming up, I thought I used to think just brushing your teeth was enough. And in my household, you know, we had we had toothbrush and toothpaste, but uh, for some reason, nobody told us about you got to floss between your teeth. And it wasn't until I got to be a lot older and amen uh, and and could buy floss for myself, and 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 maybe my parents somebody neglected to share that information with them. Neglect can have far-reaching implications. If you neglect to take a shower or a bath, you're going to start to stink. If you neglect your education, you're going to grow up ignorant and be unprepared for a career. Amen. Neglect may be caused by laziness or busyness, fatigue, sickness, bad priorities, apathy, lack of money. But neglect leads eventually to ruin. Now, neglect in the life of a believer can be extremely damaging. And uh, neglect 
If you neglect the worship, neglect to be faithful to your services, it can lead to wandering and uh, uh, weakness. If you neglect prayer, it can lead to a loss of guidance, direction, and closeness to the Lord. If you neglect reading your Bible and studying, it can lead to ignorance in the Word of God and a loss of wisdom, amen, and eventually a loss of comfort. Neglect of faithfulness at your church can lead to emptiness, a loss of fellowship, a loss of support, and a loss of the ministry that you could have received. You know, sometimes God has the answer to what we need, but he sends our mail to where we're supposed to be. Neglecting giving to the Lord can lead to financial problems and a loss of joy. A neglect in ministry can lead to um, a loss of purpose, of drifting. Uh, we talked about a couple of weeks ago the danger of drifting. Amen. Today we want to talk about the danger of neglect. Neglecting your family can lead to division in the home and possibly the ruin of your marriage. So, uh, neglect is serious. It's serious. And, 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 and sometimes a person that is uh, operating out of neglect, they'll say, well, I ain't doing nothing. Sometimes not doing the right thing is the problem. Sometimes neglect can come from not doing what needs to be done. And uh, that can be a danger. We're, uh, so, uh, I want you to stop and think about the phrase that I've got there. What you fail to do can be just as damaging as what you do. Think about that. What you fail to do can be just as damaging as the things that you do. And we're going to focus, amen, uh, on today, we're going to focus on that second chapter in the book of Hebrews. And uh, we're going to uh, look at uh, just a couple of those verses, and we'll get a little deeper into that second chapter uh, at a subsequent message, amen. But uh, we're talking about the danger of neglect, the danger of neglect. Uh, do you know in the legal system in the world, you can go to jail for neglect? They can put you behind bars for neglect. So even the human justice system recognizes that neglect can be a serious problem. And what we want to consider today, amen, is a challenging question. From the word of God. And uh, when we look at. Uh, in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews the second chapter. And uh, beginning at the second verse. And uh, a portion of the third verse. Uh, it says. For if the message. And uh, I believe the translation I'm using. Uh, for this is the Christian standard Bible. If it looks just a little different. Uh, but. Uh, I, I use that translation uh, for the sake of clarity. It says, for if the message spoken through angels was legally binding and every transgression 
and disobedience received a just punishment. How will we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? Read it again. For if the message spoken through angels was legally binding and every transgression and disobedience received a just punishment, how will we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? That third verse there, that first portion of that third verse is what I heard in the middle of the night and awakened me out of my sleep. I heard the Spirit of God speak to me and say, how will you escape if you neglect such a great salvation? The danger of neglect. When uh, we look at that verse, just a couple verses, but uh, there's a lot that hinges on these verses. And many of us don't realize that uh, when it points back and it talks about the word spoken uh, or through angels, uh, it's referring back into the Old Testament when God first gave the law to Moses. Many of us don't realize that when the Ten Commandments were given on Mount Sinai, angels accompanied the Lord God and were instrumental in bringing God's commandments to Moses. Angels were involved in that. And uh, uh, they were intermediaries that God used uh, to help deliver uh, the law. And, 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 and I think uh, something that a lot of us don't uh, maybe stop and consider, we, that the Old Testament is just old Bible stories. And what we don't realize is that the record that is recorded of God's dealings with his people in the Old Testament is, it was written for our benefit yes. and for our example. And, 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 and what God wants us to get out of, so, so when you know, folk that say, oh, I, I don't read the Old Testament, uh, you, you, you're missing out when you don't read the Old Testament. Amen. I know it might not be the easiest to understand sometimes, and there are some passages that kind of can get a little tedious, but it was written for our benefit. And, and, and one of the lessons that we need to learn in looking back at the Old Testament is that God means what he says. God means what he says. And he will do what he promised that he's going to do. When we talk about the fact that the angels were uh, involved in uh, the uh, delivery of the word, uh, there are verses of scripture that many of us didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to, but in the book of Acts, the seventh chapter, uh, the 37th verse, uh, it reads, it says, This is the Moses who said to the Israelites, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your brothers and sisters. He is the one who was in the assembly in the wilderness with the angel who spoke to him on, the Mount, on Mount Sinai and with our ancestors, and he received living oracles to give us. In other words, he received uh, the word of God, the Ten Commandments. Uh, he received them 
and it was an angel that acted as a mediator as God communicated and, 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 and transferred his law to Moses. Angels were uh, present. And not only were angels present, but angels were involved. And many times God used angels as, as messengers and intermediaries uh, to represent God. And in that verse of scripture that we read, he said how that if the words that were spoken by angels, amen, and, 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 and the key thing is these weren't the angels' words, these were the angels communicating God's words to his people. He said uh, the, 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 the word that was uh, spoken uh, by the angels, hallelujah. There, for the message spoken through angels was legally binding. And every transgression, just punishment. Words spoken by the angels, the messengers of God, were legally binding. I remember when I was growing up, um, there were times when my mom uh, started working. And she wouldn't get back uh, before we got home from school. And by me being the oldest, uh, I was the one that was charged with making sure my brothers and sisters did uh, what they were supposed to do. And uh, there were times when my mom would say, all right, you tell them that I said for them to do thus, thus, thus. And you tell them that I said that this needs to be taken care of. And she would give me her word to give to my brothers and sisters. Well, you know how human nature is. Uh, there were times when, and, and when I say you know how human nature is, uh, you know, not only in them but in me. You know, sometimes I've got authority. She gave me the word. And you know how it is. Sometimes uh, you're feeling full of yourself and you kind of add a little to it. <laughs> add a little bit to it. Mom said, you, you got to do this. You know, a lot of times I wouldn't even say mom said Hey, you better do that, and you better do that right now. And they look at me and like, who you think you are? And, 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 and then I'd have to remind them. I'd say, look, mom said that, and if you don't do and, and what have you, you're going to be in trouble when she gets home. So I was the intermediary that was used to communicate uh, what my mom's will was and uh, there was going to be, and, and uh, uh, there was going to be uh, a punishment that was going to be exacted if they didn't do what I said because it didn't come from me, most of it, but it came from my mom. And that's what God is saying. And and, and I tell you something, just like God used angels in the Old Testament, uh, and this is so very, this is why it's so very important that you have confidence in your leadership. Amen. If you're going to follow and be a part of a ministry and, and, and what have you, uh, uh, you, you need to have confidence in your leadership because, uh, and, and, and believe that God is using your leadership and speaking through your leadership. And what you have to realize that when God gives your leadership a word, it's binding. It's, it, just like what the angel said was legally binding. What God gives a, a God-appointed Man or woman of God, when, he sh- when, when, when God gives them something for you, that's binding. 
Not because I said it. And, and, and that's why I always like to point to the scripture. Because I don't want you all to think that I'm making this stuff up, amen, off the top of my head. And, and, and you're responsible for it. One of the things that I had to find out is that, uh, and, and it helped, uh, helped me, was uh, I used to think that not only did I have to deliver the word, and what, but, but, but I had to uh, uh, help you do it. And, 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 you know, and I'm not saying I shouldn't be involved, but what I'm saying is my responsibility is to share it. Now, what you do with it is your responsibility. That's your responsibility. Hallelujah. And uh, so that word, uh, that word was legally binding. And uh, the thing that we need to understand is that uh, when we reject, amen, rejecting the word of God, rejecting Jesus Christ and dying without the Lord in our lives leads to an eternity in hell with no escape. Talking about the danger of neglect. Uh, it's a sobering thought. It's a sobering thought. But there are some things if we neglect can cost our lives. And rejecting Christ and dying without him in our hearts can lead to eternity in hell with no escape. Now I think about, and, and, and primarily what I'm going to be talking about today uh, in this message is, uh, I think the problem with a lot of us is we, we, we haven't rejected Christ. But for many of us, we give mental assent, is the word. We give mental assent uh, to the message of Christ. In other words, uh, in principle, we agree with it in our minds. We know that Jesus uh, uh, came and he died on a cross and uh, he was the son of God and, and, and God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe upon him should not perish but have everlasting life. We give mental assent to that. Agree with it in principle. But, but it doesn't make a direct impact in our lives. So for many of us, it's not that we have rejected Christ. But for many of us, we have neglected Christ. You all with me? And so, uh, the question then that is before us is, why do we neglect our salvation? What causes us to neglect our salvation? And, 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 and I'm going to give you five causes that I believe that are uh, a part of why we neglect our salvation. Uh, one of them that I'm, uh, I, there's a sixth one that I'm going to talk about in another message. One of the things I believe is that I believe we don't understand how great a salvation we have. 
I, I, I don't believe, we, you know, we really know how great a salvation we have. We underestimate. We, we are uninformed. Amen. And, and, and when, if, if you really understood uh, how great your salvation was, my God, uh, it could turn your world around. And uh, at a later message, I'm going to be talking about what's so great about our salvation. Amen. But for today, let's talk about why do we neglect our salvation. You all ready? Amen. Uh, I believe one of the reasons that we neglect our salvation is uh, we neglect it by refusing to listen to the Lord or not paying attention to his word for us. Amen. We neglect our salvation by refusing, amen, uh, not hearing, or, or rather we hear, but notice, refusing to listen. Yes. Let me make that distinction. There is a distinction between hearing and listening. And by refusing to listen to the Lord or not paying attention to his word for us, we're neglecting our salvation. In the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah 6 and 10, uh, it says, To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? Behold, their ear is uncircumcised, and they cannot hearken. Behold, the word of the Lord is unto them a reproach, and they have no delight in it. That's Jeremiah, amen, 6 and 10. And, 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 and one translation says, the word of God is detestable to him. He said, to whom shall I speak and give warning? God said, I've got a word for you. I've got a word of warning. There's some things that you go through you should not have to go through. If you heed the warning. But he said, your ears uncircumcised. In other words, amen, uh, 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 carnal, amen, uh, and, and uh, they cannot hearken, they cannot hear. Where the Lord has become a reproach, and they have no delight in it. Hallelujah. So that's one of the, one of the reasons that uh, we neglect our salvation, is we don't take out adequate time to listen. Amen. Not just hear, but listen. Let me move on. Amen. Uh, I believe one of the second reasons that we neglect our salvation is that uh, we have riches without reliance upon the Lord. Amen. We've got riches. Somebody said, riches? I'm not rich. I'm trying to get rich. I want to be rich. I'm... You know what, compared to, amen, the majority of people in this world, you're rich. Amen. Your, your standard of living is so much better than uh, uh, people in many parts of this world. And, 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 and seemingly, uh, seemingly, the more we get, the, 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 the less we rely upon God. Anybody listening to me? I say the more we get, the less we rely upon God. Uh, there was, a, there was a, uh, a statement that was made by President Lincoln in, in, in uh, 1863. 
uh, President Lincoln designated April 30th as a day of national humiliation, fasting, and prayer. And what I want to share to you is a portion from that proclamation. Uh, amen. Isn't that something novel? The President of the United States uh, talking about fasting and prayer. Man, how far have we fallen? Let me read a portion of that uh, proclamation from uh, President Abraham Lincoln. Uh, I believe it's very relevant to today. Amen. He said that uh, in that proclamation, he said, we become intoxicated with unbroken success. We have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of, the, of redeeming and persevering grace. Too proud to pray to the God that made us. We've grown in numbers, wealth, and power as no other nation has grown. But we have forgotten God. Riches without reliance upon the Lord. You know what? Sometimes the very thing that we prayed for, the very thing that we sought God, said, Lord, if you bless me, if you bless me, Lord, uh, I'll, I'll do this for you. I'll do that for you. Amen. But, but and, 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 and uh, God allows us to get up in the morning and blood running warm in our veins and the activity of our limbs. And, and, and many times God will bless us. And just like Israel, uh, when they went into the promised land and they, they, they were able to sit, amen, and eat from trees they didn't plant and, amen, drink from streams and, amen, and, and enjoyed the fat of the land, it was then that they forgot God. We neglect our salvation because of riches without reliance upon the Lord. And I believe that's part of the problem. Amen. Let me move on. Amen. The third uh, thing that I think causes us to uh, neglect our salvation. Amen. Replacing or substituting God with other things. Amen. We've substituted other things for God. And in many instances, completely replaced him. You see, God is neglected when things or people take his place in our lives and are considered to be more important. There's some members of this church today that are not here today because they're doing something that they consider to be more important than being here. Amen. Not trying to be harsh. But it's, it's reality. You see, we make choices. We, we do what we want to do. We do what we want to do. And, and we also don't do what we don't want to do. And so what many of us have real, uh, uh, failed to realize is that when we allow a person or a thing uh, to take the place of our relationship with God... And our obedience to his word where he said, fail not to assemble yourselves together. When we let something else be more important than the Lord of the universe. We are replacing or substituting God with other people or other things. Let me give you a scripture on that. Um, and you can write these verses down and look them up. Amen. But uh, Deuteronomy 32 
and 17 and through the 18th verse, Deuteronomy, 72, uh, Deuteronomy 32, uh, the 17th through the 18th verse, it says, They sacrificed unto devils and not to God, to gods whom they knew not, to new gods that came newly up, whom their fathers feared not. And of the rock that begot thee, thou art unmindful and hast forgotten the God that formed thee. How quickly we forget the God that made us. Amen. How quickly. Notice it said they, they sacrifice unto devils. Substituting other things for God. Talking about why we neglect. Well, what are some of the causes of us neglecting so great a salvation? Amen. Let me move on to number four. There's some people that reject the word of God and they begin to embrace what is evil. And uh, something I'm going to say, and, and, and if anybody knows me, uh, you all know I believe in education. Uh, I believe that, uh, uh, now one thing I'll tell you, I don't believe education is superior to the wisdom of God. But I believe in education. I believe in advancement and trying to better ourselves. But one of the things that, I, that I'm noticing is that uh, there's a tendency and there's a, there's a spirit where uh, uh, individuals who will think themselves to be wise and, 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 and profess themselves to be wise. But the Bible over in the book of Romans, I believe it says, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And, 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 and there are some intelligent people that I come in contact with and some intelligent people uh, uh, that uh, maybe I don't know them personally, but I see them portrayed uh, through the media. Some intelligent people that, amen, speaking out of a humanistic wisdom can say some of the dumbest things. And I might not have the de- all the degrees that they have, and I might not, amen, uh, uh, be in the 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 the, the uh, uh, financial uh, position that they're in. But when I hear it, I'm like, "What the word? They don't have any better sense than that." Rejecting the word of God and embracing that which is evil. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. Uh, what, what, what we see happening is that uh, it's come to the point to where people think they have their own personal truth. They said, this is my truth. And uh, I'm going to order my uh, life and my world around my, this is my truth. And, 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 and they almost dare you to uh, uh, say anything against their truth. The Bible is to play a vital part in the maturing process for a Christian. But when the word of God, the Bible, is rejected, then our salvation tends to be neglected. Mm 
And what we find people with their personal truths is they're trying to rewrite the word of God. They're calling wrong right. And they're calling right wrong. Amen. And as the Bible said, they're deceiving themselves. Hallelujah. And sad to say, it's not just only in the world, but you got some who profess to be in the church. And that's one of the reasons why we're neglecting so great a salvation. I, I, I want to share this scripture with you. A scripture that uh, I found over in the book of uh, Psalms. And uh, I want to take the time to read it. Uh, I believe that uh, Psalms 50, beginning at verse 17, uh, has a word to those that think that they got their own personal truth. And they, 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 they think that they're so smart and got it all together and uh, don't have a place for God in their lives. Uh, I don't know if you've ever read uh, this passage from Psalms, the 50th division, or 50th chapter, 17th verse. Notice what it says there. It says, you hate instruction and fling my words behind you when you see a thief. You make friends with him. And you associate with adulterers. You unleash your mouth for evil. And harness your tongue for deceit. You all see that? Those of you that hate instruction. That, that, that fling my word behind you. But when you see a thief. You know what, that makes me think about some of them that are in political office. When, when you see a thief, you make friends with him. You associate with adulterers. You unleash your mouth for evil and harness your tongue for deceit. What goes further? You sit maligning your brother and slandering your mother's son. You have done these things. And I kept silent. And you thought that I was just like you. You see, some people, they'll try to make, they'll try to fashion a God that fits them. They think that they can fashion a God that that fits them and and pleases them. And God say, I kept silent and you thought I was just like you. But then he says, "But but I will rebuke you. And I will lay out the case before you. Understand this, you who forget God, or I will tear you apart. And there will be no one to rescue you. Hallelujah. Powerful words. Sobering words. But it's a word that needs to be heard for when we fail to review or put into practice the truths of God's words, we tend to forget them. And when we are not reminded of God's truth or put ourselves in a situation where we can't be reminded, like skipping church, then we forget to then we tend to forget and neglect our salvation. Hallelujah. Sobering. Sobering words. And 
so much of our public, of, in the public square, that's what we see going on. Yes. Talking about the danger of neglect. Let me, let, let me get to, amen, the fifth one. Amen. Talking about the danger of neglect. That fifth one is that the rigors and distractions of everyday living sidetracks us. What, do, what am I talking about there? I'm talking about the reason that many of us neglect our salvation is because we let life get in the way. We let life get in the way. Um, I want to give an illustration. I don't know. It might not be as powerful uh, among us. Anybody play golf here? Anybody? Anybody ever play golf? Golf? Did it? Okay, we don't have many golfers here. But I want to give an illustration that has to do with uh, golf. Um, there was a uh, particular uh, young man who was an uh, amateur golf champion. And he was getting ready to get married. And uh, he had uh, gotten a minister that uh, was going to do the ceremony and part of the wedding ceremony, the minister liked to give a small uh, meditation, scriptural meditation, uh, to, pro- to make a point. And so as the minister prepared for the wedding, uh, he contacted the best man and instructed the best man to make sure that uh, he brought some new golf balls with him uh, because the minister was going to use the golf balls in the wedding ceremony. And uh, so he had instructed the best man, and uh, uh, so here they are. They're at the wedding. The wedding ceremony is going on. Uh, bride has come up, escorted uh, by her father, the groom, and his best man, and the attendants that are there, and they're standing there. And the minister, as he is uh, going through the wedding ceremony at the appropriate time, he looks at the best man. And he says, now. And uh, at that point, the best man reaches in his pocket and pulls out the brand new golf ball and presents it uh, to, the, to, to the minister who's doing the ceremony. And so he presents the golf ball to him. And uh, then uh, following uh, that, uh, during the ceremony, then the minister says, can I have the ring? And the best man is looking. He remembered to bring the golf ball, but he forgot the ring. And the point of that the minister was trying to show and uh, I hope you can get it, is that sometimes there are some things that we can become so preoccupied. What, what is the job of the best man? What's his job? His primary job is to have the ring. But see, what the minister recognized by the groom being an amateur golf champion and the best man being caught up in golf too He completely lost focus on what his main job was when the minister talked to them about golf and make sure you got a golf ball with you. 
And we kind of laugh and say, how can you do that? But you know what? There are a lot of us that do the exact same thing, and it's not golf. What is our main job to do? What's our main job? Why are we here? Why, why, why did God allow us to be birthed into the earth at this time, at this place? What, 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 what are we here for? And for a lot of us, we don't recognize that we're here to give glory to his name. We're here, amen, uh, uh, to fulfill his purpose in the earth. And for a lot of us, it's our main job and our pockets are filled with stuff that has nothing to do with what we're supposed to be here for. We let the rigors and the distractions of everyday living sidetrack us. And we neglect our salvation. The scripture uh, talks about it over in Mark 4 and 19. Mark 4 and 19 it says, But the worries of this age, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things entering in, and it chokes the word, and we become unfruitful. Talking about neglecting. Why, what, what causes us to neglect our salvation? Other things. Care of other things. And don't get me wrong. It's not that, it's not that God uh, doesn't desire. You know, God, God, God don't care if we play golf. But, but, but don't play golf every Sunday. When you should be in church. Amen. God don't care about us having nice things, but he wants us to have the nice things and not the nice things have us. He said, seek ye what? First. The kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what did God say? He said, if you do that, I'll help you with the other stuff. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and I'll add the rest. But we do it backwards. We're so busy trying to get the rest that we fail or that we uh, neglect the things that should be first. So here we are back where we started. Hebrews 2 and 3. How will we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? This salvation had its beginnings when it was first spoken by the Lord and it was confirmed to us by those who heard him. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? An answer to that question is if we neglect it, we won't escape. There's no way to escape. And I think God woke me up in the middle of the night and spoke that verse to me because he wanted to use me to be a wake-up call to somebody 
that's listening to this message today. The danger of neglect. I hope you got something from the word today. Would you stand on your feet?